0: Hey, and welcome to the Thodcast with your host, Philip Elke, here. And also, I'm joined by my brother, Dawson. Elke. (laughs) Yeah. How are you doing, Dawson?
1: Doing great. How about yourself? Doing pretty well.
0: And this is a show where we talk about animation the thodcast conversations about animation welcome this is our inaugural episode where we'll be talking about the tv show star wars resistance so dawson what is star wars resistance
1: star wars resistance is uh a disney channel show for children it's a, it's star wars Uh, there are characters and (laughs) it takes place before the events of the force awakens Um, and what do you think it it is you you go for it
0: no i'm just curious your thoughts on this new addition to the star wars canon Um, of course it's been how many years it's 2018 now They announced new Star Wars from Disney. The Disney merger took place, what, October
1: 2012? 2013. uh, Well,
0: yeah, October 30th, 2012, uh, Disney announced a deal to acquire Lucasfilm for $4.05 billion.
1: Anyway, they got it. You all remember, and and we were all excited for more Star Wars movies. And then no one was excited anymore. Well, after a few years
0: <laughs> the you know blanket statements are fairly irrelevant at this point because right. it's just so massive there's mm-hmm. so many different facets of Star Wars fan community and you know Star Wars fan has so many different meanings now yeah um, that's very that's funny
1: that's very very true
0: and and now there's kind of a huge overlap with people who are also. Big Disney fans, big Disney parks fans. We're uh, going to be seeing a huge representation of Star Wars. Is Disney, Disney is Disney
1: parks a fandom? Oh yeah. Like, oh, it's huge. huge. Are you like are they are they like architecture nerds or uh, like well, like like oh, I love the the how how magical everything is and or are they like they're just like really like dig in deep to what what is a Disney park or and they like learn all the maps and the secret passageways. well um it, it's like
0: role-playing because being in a Disney park is sort of like immersing yourself into a story a storybook or a film oh that's
1: nonsense I mean well, uh, in, in different <laughs> and you can do that in different like parts of it maybe a little bit but like it's so obviously not a story because one minute you're shaking hands with a big, fluffy Mickey Mouse, and then there's a Bug's Life, and then there's Elsa. It's all just this conglomeration. Well, of, it's a soup. It's just a Disney soup. You're swimming. But you and,
0: can't get that anywhere else. Uh, there's really nothing like it. And, of course, there's also great rides and um, yeah, well, photo just opportunities. Fun. And, and um, yeah, it's a great food. And, it's just, yeah, it's an escape, vacation, you know. Happy for sure. Place on.
1: But, Wonder, wonderful, yeah. And immerse yourself in, in the legacy that is Disney itself. Yeah. But like, but like role-playing while you're there, like, I am a character and these are all characters. And yeah, it's know? not
0: um, necessarily role-playing by the consumer, by, or by the attendee. It can be. Uh, they definitely. It's funny of- to
1: see if, if, you, if Mickey will hug you. If you can <laughs> roll for initiation to rip Goofy's mask off and uh, kiss Elsa. That's a different kind of
0: role playing. But but right. sure, I mean, it's a way to interact with something that, you know, could otherwise only be consumed in a very passive manner uh, via, you know, visual media. And, and uh, some people are, are very drawn to that sort of tactile Right, immediate sense of you know being in the presence of of these things that were otherwise only available visually,
1: like you saw the film now, experience the ride. Like, isn't that that's pretty much the yeah. what was in all the previews for mm-hmm. the Universal Studios movies, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, or you know, so when are they going to make like David Lynch Land, where you can experience the magical worlds of Dune um, and Twin peaks, and
0: I have a theory, and um, your 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 David Lynch idea. uh, I think once we are able to, um, say, generate quantum phase shift generators that like enable us to walk through portals into an alternate dimension, like matching our own reality, and being able to construct large, elaborate parks within these sort of alternate uh, dimensions, you know, within these portals. Uh, We could have, you know, say a superposition of multiple different parks in in one geographic space. So we we
1: invent interdimensional travel to to make theme parks. John John Hammond had a dream. We've we've discovered how to access alternate dimensions and we're going to use them to save space on Earth. (laughs) <laughs> for theme parks, we want to make so many theme parks, but there's not enough landmass, so we need no, to go. There, there really is <laughs> another dimension.
0: <laughs> no, and it's it's like that. Well, you did you see um, Valerian?
1: Oh no, I haven't seen Valerian okay. yet, but I, I really want to. I, I know yeah. someone's hand gets like caught in another dimension, and yeah. that sounds funny. Yep,
0: yeah, um, there's a scene where there's like a shopping mall in another dimension, um, so it'd be like that only for a theme park.
1: Oh, I love that I mean I love the idea that like on earth there's there's just like a doorway and it takes like up no space and then you walk into it and then of course suddenly you're in you know massive you know like any you know the TARDIS stuff or the mm-hmm. Harry Potter tents and uh grim old place any any time you bend space and time and reality to make more or to have a, a space within a tiny space that's that's awesome that's what a fun idea I hope we can, I hope we achieve that someday
0: Yeah. Well, but um, you know, in so we can make <laughs> more
1: more Disney parks.
0: In the meantime, when the landmass is limited, it's only you know the most um, in demand products that are you know are able to receive such treatment. And there Star Wars, I don't
1: want or need a David Lynch theme park? There is actually <laughs> a, a small a, a, a woman's uh, like coffee shop was failing so she turned it into a into a twin peaks museum and then her and then she got a ton of business and that's right here in minneapolis actually i haven't been to it yet though oh cool uh, but anyway yeah
0: yeah um well taking us to the platform um or what do they call it Is, isn't that the name of the setting of of star wars resistance the colossus The colossus. okay yeah it's like an oil drilling platform yeah um
1: is it an oil drilling platform or is it just a big hangout for racers or is it is it really a colossus like is there a shining emblem on it somewhere that that kaz has to find and stab it and then he'll release the spirit and help rescue his dead girlfriend
0: yeah uh
1: (laughs) aquarius is is it named aquarius or something um let's dive in shall we it's a wretched hive of scum and villainy. We're going to see a cantina full of scuzzy characters, because you've never seen that before.
0: Colossus, an aircraft on uh, planet Kest, Kest, uh, Castellon. Cast- does that sound right?
1: Castellon. Actually, that does sound right. It sounds, yeah, familiar. I
0: guess, That's a cool I, name. I, I read it, and I immediately saw Castilian, but I is think it's whole, is
1: Castellon. It, is the whole planet an ocean? Did you find that on the, on the wiki? Like, like Camino? Why wasn't it? Um, no, should have just, or maybe because Kamino's always dark and stormy.
0: Kamino's uh, largely unknown. Let's see.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Well, it it didn't appear on the records, but after you know the Clone Wars and and maybe people investigated how where the clones came from. Maybe maybe then they completed the Jedi Archives and got Kamino back on the map. Prime real estate out there for building giant yeah. um, platforms for racing for ratchet and clank races.
0: Well, I I don't think it ever really um, was brought in, you know, back into the republic or the empire. It was. It, I mean, it, you
1: go there in Battlefront, yeah, too, right as the storm tree, you Oh yeah, yeah, because the Kaminoans they create yeah. like a phase two like attack of the clone clones yeah. to like mount a resistance, but then you go and exterminate them all, and it's well, it's really sad.
0: That's all in Legends now.
1: Oh shush. You stop breaking this poor boy's heart.
0: <laughs> so yeah, Resistance, uh, it's, it's set on the Colossus platform on the planet of Castellon, which is uh, full of oceans, uh, possibly land too. There's not much known about it as of yet. Uh, of course, the story is still being told. So Dawson, um, yes, we saw the, the first three episodes yes. of Star Wars Resistance um so you titled um the recruit um uh, the triple dark the, the triple dark that's a um, cool title
1: <laughs> i thought it was going to be this amazing like unveiling of a conspiracy of like gangs and pirates in the first order like the triple dark and each dark had a, it was a storm triple dark was a storm
0: <laughs> and then yeah fuel for the fire so um based on these i um Enjoyed Clone Wars and Rebels uh, as as a huge Star Wars fan. Like I've um, always kind of invested in knowing as much as I could about the Star Wars uh, saga and its. Uh, you
1: killed that tr- Star Wars trivia pursuit man! Like you knew everything. I I knew almost everything. There were, but there were so many subtle details. Of course, this was that game was only. Original trilogy edition because I mean we watched the crap out of those I mean had I had them all memorized at one point and then you get older and your memory which is annoying but um, yeah so good old holocron keeper there and I, I think and you knew a lot about the legends too like you read way more books than I did and you know there were all the Jedi Knight games and different I
0: yeah I followed along quite a bit with a lot of the continuity um, I didn't read a lot of the books. As they came out, um, so there's just got to be so many, so overwhelming. Um, but I kept tabs on where things were
1: in in the chronology of Star Wars. I did to uh, a point, to a point too. You know, like because it was fairly straightforward to trace at least the family lines. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there was it's it's I know I, the canon was. Re, I mean, I I get that there was a lot of material and it was kind of confusing, but there was an effort to to keep things straight across the books too a significant degree. And I mean, there was even a guy hired on as the keeper of the Holocron. um, And he was, you know, made sure everything, I mean, so like this, Luke Luke was married to Mara J and he had, and he had um, a son named Ben and Han and Leia had Jason and Jaina and Anakin Solo and the Yuuzhan Vong war. Like there was a lot of, maybe in right before Disney acquisition, like I don't, did people go back and just like retcon or involve time travel to like, kind of make things their own way. But I had thought even though there were so many books, they all kind of, they had to stay relatively consistent within a straightforward narrative of at least kind of the family lines and significant yeah, events.
0: They they did, and in, they didn't do a, a terrible job. There was a lot of stuff early on in the development of the expanded universe um, that definitely conflicted with stuff that came later. And just as, as the prequels came out, um, just new information was being revealed all the time making it difficult to right. really um cohere all, a lot of the ancillary like, material with yeah. what was definitely
1: you know considered well, g canon the, the prequels probably didn't affect a ton i mean i know the zon trilogy referred to the the clone wars obviously in, in a different way than what ended up happening um yeah.
0: I mean, I thought there was a way they could potentially
1: um, salvage the expanded universe, but... I thought they were going to attempt to salvage aspects. And they and they yeah. kind of, there are bits, little bits and stuff, but I mean...
0: Yeah, um, I, I like kind of the way it is now where Star Wars Legends is now just a compendium of just references, source material that new creators working within Star Wars can draw upon in order to tell new stories stories that fit within the current chronology.
1: So they dig through a pile of ashes and corpses and, and pull out um, it's sp- a <laughs> pulsing organs and make a Frankenstein's monster out of it, yep.
0: Well, in the spirit of Halloween, sure. But like, no, to put a more accurate spin on it, it's, it's like the candy bag. You, you can just pick and choose, you know, what flavors, what um, ingredients you want to add to any new stories being told from you know, all all the stuff that's come before. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah, it's just a bunch of random uh, stuff that you can use. Um,
1: and, stuff, and people have, have can, been doing that. It's a bunch of, Star Wars is a bunch of random stuff you can use. I'm having, I'm quoting. Star Wars that. Legends. Star right? Wars, yeah. Well, which, you know, was Star Wars for, for, for so long.
0: Yeah, I mean, in the mind of... The general public the the general fan base I mean all that stuff was very obscure and and then now we've got a lot of the new uh, material in the form of of course the new films um, and the TV series and the upcoming um, live action series you know that will generally be a lot more like well
1: regarded and widely received than it, okay anything. okay. <laughs> It will be generally regarded or wide, widely received. Oh, well, in in general, well yes, because movies, well, it's easy to keep a story straight if it's only nine movies or, and I, I mean, I guess in a TV show, then I mean.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm speaking from a completely unbiased standpoint right now. I'm not injecting any of my thoughts on or opinions
1: on? Yeah, I thought I thought you said well received. I thought you said it. this is all going to be widely well received. And that, but well I, I,
0: received as official, movie. yeah. Well received as official chronology, and you know whether you right, right. necessarily enjoy some of these offerings make, has no bearing on whether you know it's canon or not. Right, of course i with you there. So, and that's my approach to Star Wars. I, I'm just along for the ride. Unless I'm actually telling these stories, I have no stake in what uh, is ultimately considered canon or not.
1: Yeah, that, no, of course. That, it's, that
0: it's... My love of Star Wars is not contingent upon um, really anything that they introduce into the story moving forward. Um, but i i enjoy you know these stories that are being told in the likeness of star wars um just simply based on a lot of the uh you know nostalgia and iconography um and, and i can say the same for star wars resistance i um I, you know i enjoy watching the show i don 't know if uh you feel the same way but um, I,
1: I don't uh no um i, I don't and, and I want to and I want to preface everything by by lately philo- philosophically as I as I I love storytelling I love movies I love a lot of things I want to be in the movies and you know I think about storytelling and movies and books everything a lot the the utility of negativity is something I'm really so like if if someone doesn't like something do you need to like watch forty YouTube videos about it or do you need to like like how much do you need to nurture and stew you know like a negative opinion i mean like cuz i obviously negative and positive opinions are equally valid um you know potent, uh, potentially equally valid um but just like it's not i mean i don't want to want to like sit in ne- i would much rather sit in positivity than sit in negativity that doesn't mean i don't want to have like a an intelligent conversation about something and it doesn't mean i want to shut down anyone's opinions or stifle my own opinions. But um, yeah, like, I don't know. There's, I think people really love, people do, it's psychologically love to nurture and stew over, over things that they don't like. And it can be really fun to, you know, if, if something's terrible and you hate it, that's obviously a lot of fun to, you know, to malign something for a while, but eventually you just kind of got, I mean, I don't know, step away from all that. So, and I, so, Resistance. I, uh, it's not all bad. There's, it's, I don't think it's all terrible. There, you know, nothing is anything. I mean, maybe some things are, but, um, no, I, I didn't really care for it. I, I borderline can't stand the animation style. So right off the bat, just what it looks like, what, how it feels, is is unattractive and unappealing to me so that's a huge barrier to you know then the story and and the characters because it's uh, not not pleasant to look at at all. Mm-hmm.
0: In my yeah, I mean I uh, remember when the like first trailer came out um and um it got like really negative uh, re- reaction on YouTube and um yeah I just wasn't really sure yeah how it was going to go. I mean, but of course, that's a totally different audience than the target audience on the Disney channel and Disney XD, I believe is the main uh, network.
1: So that's an interesting question. I mean, it's Star. who are they targeting because it's star Wars and who are they targeting because it's Disney channel? Like, is that,
0: yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's a Disney Channel show. Um of course the first episode premiered on Disney Channel and then subsequent episodes are um airing on Disney XD. Uh similar to uh, I believe Star Wars Rebels as well as uh, another show that I want to bring up in reference to this. It's it's kind of similar. But but yeah, like uh you know you're you're marketing to you know an audience of you know, Disney XD viewers versus YouTube is a lot
1: of, you know, just general, um, Star Wars fans. Yeah. So, right. So, so it's, well, it's just on straight up Disney channel, isn't it? Cause like when I played, it was. Video, it was, it was, and now it's, now it's um, Disney XD or. The
0: series premiered on Disney channel and later debuted on Disney XD. So I think, okay. yeah, it, it, all episodes um, apart from the premiere, will be uh, airing on Disney XD. Yeah, I, I don't have Disney XD. I just, you know, we've watched these on who iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't have cable. Um, but yeah, like it, it uh, you know, for people who are reviewing it for what it is, you know, an animated show on Disney XD, um, it's, it's received a generally positive rating. Um, the average rating on Rotten Tomatoes among um the uh critic reviews is uh, six point seven two out of ten um ninety one percent positive and uh audience score on run tomatoes is seventy six percent liked it um i i you know can't really trust any real um metrics out there from an audience uh perspective with kind of the way that star wars fan base has been going lately because yeah there's there is a lot of contention within the star wars fan base um so i I, uh, I think there's a lot of bias i mean
1: maybe there's bias but i mean I, I hope most people just are you know they they like what they like and they don't like what they don't like and they want what they want and don't want what they don't want you know i i think it can be fairly simple um
0: yeah i mean i thought the The show looked kind of good uh, when I first saw it on YouTube. You know the, uh, because I really enjoyed uh, the show Tron: Uprising on Disney XD. I don't know, did you see that?
1: Yeah, I I did too. I I remember enjoying it. Um, Yeah, that was kind of neat. And and
0: of course it was a very different color palette. Um, It was the same kind of cell shaded art style, uh, the animation style.
1: This one at least doesn't have the choppy frame rate. So it's got that going for it, but
0: yeah, you, know, um, you noticed yeah, that. I, was, no, no, I don't
1: remember. I don't remember if Uprising did. Uh, I thought it might have.
0: Been. It kind of did. Yeah, it was sort of choppy and and um, but I mean, it was meant to be kind of lo-fi looking. It was set between the first two Tron or you know the the first Tron and uh, Tron Legacy, and the characters' faces were still in black and white. Um, but they had, like, you know, colorful outfits. Oh, yeah. My faces, yeah. That yeah, cool. but it was actually the same um, animation studio, Polygon, that uh, did the animation for Tron Uprising. Okay. As- As- Resistance? Star Wars. Yeah, Resistance. Oh. Um, yeah, they there's a common DNA between those two. So I definitely was a little optimistic going into Star Wars Resistance. Um, like, I wasn't immediately... Turned off by the style. But it is, you know, it's it's highly um saturated, very um, you know bright colors. Um
1: It's blinding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blue skies, yeah. Uh set set in this sort of uh tropical environment.
1: It, it, yeah, the the dingy street racing, dark industrial colossus. How how tropical!
0: <laughs> it's
1: um, it's and not, and of course, the, not things don't have to be dark in order to be good. So I was, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that mm-hmm. it's, it's fine that it's light and you know, in the daytime, that's that's mm-hmm. no big deal. It's just everything shines and glows and is bright and and is overly simplistic and. Mm-hmm glossy and smooth and round and weird looking. And I don't know. I'm also a big fan of Clone Wars. Well, but even Clone Wars, I like, I didn't like the animation style that much. Um, but it was like, but I got, you know, accustomed to it. And then Resistance was like, that's oh, a step down. And now this is even further. Terrible step down, in my opinion, but. Um, Rebels, you mean? Yeah, a yeah. Step down, yeah. Rebels. A step down from Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah um yeah and i don't I mean, know if that has to do with expediency like is it is it quicker and easier quicker and easier to animate shows that look like this because that's the path to the dark side so <laughs>
0: <laughs> no definitely i mean this is a cost saving measure going this route with animation um you know that isn't quite as well it, it's, sophisticated. In, it's not in any way photorealistic um you know star the clone wars had certain assets that were um, photorealistic but you know obviously highly stylized um, and then Rebels was a little bit more plasticky little more um, organic looking but not as kind of realistic looking you know texture wise and lighting wise and then yeah this this has gone just full full cell shading kind of trying to provide a classic 2D animation style look but using computer animation, uh, CGI, because, yeah, it's, it's very hard. Like, as we'll be discussing on this show further, like um, classic traditional 2D animation um, is just um, becoming less and less the norm, especially, um, I mean, it has been in film for many years now. Um, mm-hmm. It's been such a rarity to see it in cinematic presentation, but um, on, on TV, it's held out quite a bit longer, but
1: yeah, even that's starting to go away. And that doesn't mean, you know, they're all always, um, like, it's not like 2D animation is amazing and 3D animation is crap. Like, that's not at all the, uh, at all the discussion. I mean, it, it can, it's just there's higher quality and lower quality on, on both sides. So it is really interesting to be in this kind of awkward phase of of, anime, well, of storytellers deciding how they want to tell their story. hmm um, and I mean, you, you meant we, I don't know if you've mentioned it right now on the podcast, but we are going to be discussing the dragon prince, which is a new animated show on Netflix. And I, it's so interesting to compare mm-hmm. it to just in terms of purely in terms of animation style, because they're both misses for me, but in, in different ways. And mm. it's like, yeah, it's just interesting to kind of watch animators. Well, no, like I said, storytellers, mm-hmm. you want to tell a story, how are you going to do it? And Mm-hmm. And it's like this is what they come up with and it's kind of yeah, interesting
0: yeah um with animation being as labor-intensive as it is um there's always a profound incentive to reduce costs yeah and, and it's always a struggle to try to you know raise quality to the level of what you see in in things that you know have come before uh because yeah there, there really is no limit to the uh amount of Polish you can put on an animated product. You have to just kind of accept (laughs) at a certain level when costs become too extreme.
1: And I I just wonder why or how that's happened. Like if they if in animation in general the idea is we just we can't make the quality that we used to. It's Mm -hmm. it's too expensive and we don't have the talent. Like is that is that the problem? Or I mean, because you'd think Disney and Star Wars they should be able to just sync whatever the heck they want. Well, in order to make the best possible thing that will attract the best, the most audience and and get the best reward. Like, is is sparing some expense going to bite them in the butt in the end? Like, is that...
0: Well, um, it it is a tough compromise because, yeah, I mean, you could justify the cost by having a really hit show. But if that show declines in, in ratings and reception, you... You know ultimately could end up taking a big hit, sort of the constant dilemma of television animation in general. there's is so frequently the case where you'll have a show that's um very, you know well received, but it just gets cancelled prematurely. Because it is such a hefty investment on the part of the network.
1: Danny Phantom, I just re- researched the other day because I started watching that. That was immensely popular, but only had three seasons because it was too expensive to make. But yeah. he, wants, he wants to make it again. And there's a huge, huge audience. Dude, I mean, Kickstarter is going to be the way of the future, isn't it? Like just direct audience funding for things. Because then a guy can say, I have a, I have a story idea and I want to make it this way. And then only the people who are gonna like it are gonna give them the money to get the go-ahead, and then if it's and then it'll be good enough that it'll draw even more of an audience. I just I don't know. Maybe that's a huge job to say Kickstarter is the way of the future, but it just seems like in entertainment, especially in animation, unless you're making mainline Disney films, like who's gonna? I mean well, I don't know. It's, like who's it's not gonna... so
0: much that Kickstarter is the way of the future as it is that um, you know computer animation. And simulation is the way of the future. It should and, be getting easier and easier to make. And, right? Yeah, um, trying to come up with ways to procedurally generate content that looks like it's hand drawn. I um, mean, this show, Star Wars Resistance, as well as the Dragon Prince, uh, which will be next episode, um, you know, are attempts uh, at doing just that. They're well, and they
1: don't look like they're hand drawn. They look no. like they're animated and they look well resistance looks in in my opinion bad and unappealing and dragon prince is a little more appealing in my opinion but suffers from a lot of hiccups and also has some weird colors yeah i
0: mean they're they're steps in that direction i mean they're not neither show i don't think is specifically trying to uh push the goalpost towards you know being able to fully
1: um well yeah they're not pretending that it's the same thing but they're going for that aesthetic like admittedly so i mean uh, how many times has resistance been advertised as anime inspired
0: yeah and to kind of round out this discussion on sort of the evolution of you know yeah i know animation
1: uh well yeah i mean well well i know some things i went to school for it for a year but anyway
0: yeah i i mean we we're both very kind of familiar with this subject and um, we'll also be talking soon on the show about um, Avatar, The Last Airbender, which yeah, was sort the best of show of all time. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, definitely the genesis of you know, a lot of interest in ambitious, serialized shows for, for kids using animation and shows that have a lot of thematic weight to them. Um, and, and aren't necessarily just you know superhero shows because <laughs> that was the only thing you know before Avatar that had a lot of real um, connection and impact with uh, audiences outside of young kid demographic. Can you
1: imagine what it's like to be an Ace pilot? <whistles> this is your chance to make that true. I've got
0: a mission for you. Yes. Blend in, find out who's loyal to the good guys and who isn't. What was that? What was what? The throwing and the falling. Over there. Don't think about it. All right, so um w- what did you think about Star Wars Resistance? Um, you know, what why didn't it appeal to you?
1: Well, the animation first off, uh, you know, just the the style and the look of it and everything and then the really awkward, abrupt, uh, title crawl, Star Wars resistance, da, 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 da. and then into the, into the action, I guess you could say. Um, it, it started off, um, I, you know, here's this, oh, he's got such an annoying voice. Um, Kaz, always, always up here. I, I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm so confused and, 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 um, I'm cocky, but i No, I'm actually not the best fighter, uh, but depends on who asks me, I am the best starfighter pilot in the galaxy. And and just a complete dunce and and an oaf. And then there's these glimmers of, like, there might be some interesting family back, you know, with his, like, relationship with his dad and stuff. But that it was, I don't know, that's really confusing because, like, my dad always wanted me to be something I'm not. But you started the show flying uh, an X-Wing for the New Republic isn't that? I mean, how was that? So like, we've got this protagonist. He's in. He's flying intel for the New Republic, and then um, it started like an MMO. If you've ever played a massively multiplayer online game, you you begin your adventure. Uh, you're you're an adult, but you're a, for some reason whatever you've done in your life has only led you to be a level one. Um, and even though you're a level one, you're in some situation where the king of the towns says, I need help with something. And, hey, you citizen, you're the one, you're the only one who can do this. So, of course, Poe Dameron shows up, you know, the hero of the resistance in the middle of nowhere in space and, you know, helps, you know, get this and fights off the Red Baron. That was yeah. Cool. And then, I, I thought that was uh, a
0: cool maneuver that Kaz did where he, like, flipped his X-wing uh,
1: vertically. I, I thought that was really slow and boring and dumb and stupid.
0: I mean, it, it was, um, you know... Yeah. I, how fast I, I liked how happens. they were kind of taking liberties with the maneuverability of these starfighters because, you know, they're flying in space. They shouldn't simply be limited to the same types of maneuvers that, you know, planes are capable of in an atmosphere. So I thought that was refreshing.
1: I, yeah, I don't. I don't really remember what all the maneuver was, but I remember it was like, oh yeah, here's the part where the clever kid does the clever maneuver, and it and it's supposed to be really fast and exciting. But it, the animation style was really just like slow and and kind of laborious and well, like molassesy. And because did he rescue Poe or did Poe rescue him or was it kind of a mutual rescue? I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, uh, I
0: mean Poe definitely rescued him um, by cuz oh. his ship was disabled and then poked
1: oh, in to intercept the tie interceptor. Oh yeah, yeah, the, it was so the best pilot in the galaxy. It couldn't um yeah, the the chase between the two, I don't know. I just I didn't really buy it. I wasn't really buying it all. It was all, you know, kind of silly and whatever. And, but that's fine and and anyway, but yeah, so then they get to the Tantive IV or whatever the, the Corellian corvette and and they're inside and Poe is telling him, you know, gee, like you're you're really something, kid. You've you've got it, what counts? And he's and then Kaz says, No, I can't, I just I just can't. And then Poe's like, All right, well, I'm gonna talk to the general, bye, and then leaves the kid alone on the ship. And and then he thinks he needs to like sneak around. Like he's like, oh, will. I wonder if I can find the general, and he's like sneaking through the hallways which nobody's in but it's like no paul you you completed your mission paul brought you to the ship and then left you alone like you can you can walk around the ship man like you don't have to sneak like an idiot (laughs) um and and then he stumbled in on the general and then so like we had we had Cass say no, I need to listen to my dad, or I need to not join the resistance, because I, I can't, and then he stumbles into the general's room, because he's curious, and then and then Poe, and, and then he instantly changes his mind right there, and says, yes, Poe, I will join the resistance, so this, he resolved his decision in a matter of four minutes, and, you know, or, well, talk to his mm-hmm. dad, and he still didn't really know what that relationship is, or what's going on, you get a simple, vague idea of it, and then um I don't know. I you know. So that's specific plot deals right in the beginning, but it just went on and uh, it's boring. I I don't really care. Kaz is annoying. Also, then the other the green character was annoying, and everyone was kind of annoying. And oh
0: yeah, yeah. The um the Nikto was his name Niku. Uh, Bolin. He's, he's, what
1: Bolin? It sounds like Bolin from Legend of Korra. Oh,
0: oh. Yeah. I don't so, think that's him
1: might know probably Um, not but
0: but yeah but yeah Um, yeah kazuto ziono is the uh protagonist the main protagonist of star wars resistance and then green starfish
1: faces uh yeah yeah
0: Yeah. kazuto is played by christopher sean uh niku is voiced by josh brenner um Hmm. Yeager is, of course the mentor character that kazuto works for on the colossus as a mechanic uh, Jarek Yeager, voiced by Scott Lawrence. So yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: he repeatedly says, "I'm not a mechanic. I don't know anything about mechanics." And then proceeds to work on the ship, and nobody stops him from completely destroying the ships. And and then you've got the cocky British. I'm a pro mechanic, and I'm just going to watch you make all these mistakes. And are you a mechanic? Are you are you or yeah, why? are they yeah, going to like tam- help him out? Or are they going to teach him what? you know maybe show him what to do or are they just gonna keep letting him destroy their ships because he has no idea what he's doing right? <laughs>
0: yeah he really was
1: uh <laughs> yeah going to town on it was yeah. so distressing to watch him like not know what he's doing and still try like uh that oh my god I've been in I've been in in like in carpentry situations before where I've had no idea what I'm doing and it's like and the the minute my boss knew that, or like I needed to use a piece of machinery that was, uh, was complicated, but he didn't know what he was doing, like that was a terrifying, you know, emergency situation. He's like, "No, you need to know how this works so that you don't ruin what you're trying to make, and that's yeah. so you don't hurt yourself." Um, but no, the, the mentor and all the other characters were just letting him go at it, and with no experience, it was yeah. But anyway, I've talked enough about it. You can go on to your well. He
0: uh, of course. Kaz, I mean, he's a pilot. That's his role, like, in a pit crew team, say, he, you know, he'd be, or a racing team, you know, he'd be the racer, and then...
1: Yeah, he he literally said the line, I fly ships. I don't know anything about repairing them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but even still, he's around ships, so he would know enough to kind of, like, at least have an introductory ability to learn,
1: you know, how how to fix them. I'm sure, he has a. He might know, yeah. yeah granted, he might basic know a little stuff. bit, but it, he's clearly repeated over and over that he doesn't know basically anything, and that mm-hmm. he does continue to constantly screw up, and no one steps in to help him. Like I, so I'm. I guess I'm confused why you've got the me- he. So obviously, his cover is that he's a mechanic, mm-hmm. but why doesn't the mentor Jaeger say, "Look, I know you're mecha- you're just a cover as a mechanic, but how about I teach you some valuable life lessons and valuable life skills so that uh, you know, you can and why don't I give you some cool clever instead of just spouting generic exposition at you and why don't we maybe bond a little bit and one you know because get, it's get to know each more, other. um
0: well because it's more interesting to watch him yeah and more humorous to see the
1: moments where he screws up than you know, watch the moments when he's being trained. He could screw up while being trained, and then at least there's you know some relationship happening, and then some cause and effect, and you see the character learn. Instead, hey kids, you can make a complete fool of yourself, and you they'll and that's you know I don't know. And that's, they
0: acknowledge how his uh, clumsiness could result in
1: his cover being blown. So they you know. Maybe that's coming up, like the moment where they're like, "All right, kid, like we've had enough uh, of of you not knowing what to do while on our team, so we're gonna actually teach you." Well, there's gonna well, the moment's coming up where Jaeger and him have the have the uh, the conversation in cars. Uh, the sheriff in the in the town where Owen Wilson's like, "What Doc you Hudson have all these or sheriff? yeah, okay, Doc Hudson, Doc Hudson, right? yeah, yeah." And then Owen Wilson says, "You have or Lightning McQueen." Look at all these piston cups. You were once the greatest racer of all time. Why didn't you tell me? Why are you hiding from your past? And then and then Jaeger says, "Because my past got my family killed. I put all that behind me. I'm, I'm and I'm. That's just why I'm not in the resistance." And then Kaz will 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 remind him of 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 all the talent and how important it is. And then he'll bring Jaeger on board to to join the resistance and believe in something again. Um, oh my then, gosh yeah girl so get killed by captain phasma star wars resistance is cars that's is, is cars <laughs> yeah <laughs> um well no but just the typical the mentor is this is this gruff person that the protagonist doesn't like but then the protagonist learns more about the mentor's backstory that increases their validity and their relatability and then they form a bond and um you know that's probably what's going to happen but it'll probably be handled poorly but yeah. Mm-hmm. But maybe not. Maybe it'll pick up, be interesting.
0: Yeah, they do definitely push uh, his incompetence to the limit, Kaz's. Yeah, yeah. I would, you, I would... you kind of wonder how he's able to stick around as long as he does. Um, and of course, that's the uh, art of good storytelling. Just keep pushing the tension.
1: The tension? There's no tension when... <laughs> Oh, the best, the best part was when he was talking about, he was like, should I live with Jaeger in the third episode? And then the creepy old alien at the bar says, you could live with me. That was amazing in a kid's show.
0: You got a little bit of risque humor in the show. Yeah. You got to oh, check yeah. that
1: box. That was fantastic.
0: So, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I find this show charming, and harmless. Um.
1: Well, of course, it's harmless. I mean, except for the dignity of Star Wars, it's completely damning. But no, <laughs> um, uh,
0: no. I mean, no. It's, harm, it's yeah. fine. Who cares? I, I just don't
1: care. I yeah. I yeah. So I, I'll keep watching it if I need to for the podcast. Otherwise, I would have no interest. And no, you
0: know. yeah. This is just our discussion, and uh, then we'll kind of move on to yeah something maybe a little bit more interesting. Um, So this, um, yeah, has been our discussion on Star Wars Resistance, um, the third show in what some people have dubbed the filoni animated series produced by uh, Dave Filoni, who's been kind of spearheading uh, Star Wars animation ever since Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Uh, That was back in 2008, I believe, when the movie came out.
1: Wow, that well—that long ago. Yeah, that makes yeah.
0: Sense. three years after episode. That was fun three. when that came out in
1: theaters. And
0: yeah, I mean, it's... it definitely came a long way. It had a very just uh, limited resonance back when it first came out.
1: That's for sure. That's and that I, I know. I totally. That could easily happen with this show, for instance. You know, just because I don't find it interesting right now, I could. You know, they could really ramp up the. The contrast and the, the character depth and the, the um you know the nuance and the dialogue and the characters mm-hmm. okay that get really cool
0: yeah um, hopefully um introduce some higher stakes uh, obviously with star wars you're dealing with a lot of more mature subject matter so uh it's it's kind of hard to keep things within those within like the tv y7 parameters of show like resistance yeah
1: i noticed it specifically y7 was clone wars always y7 or was no Rebels-
0: i think i think they were all like pg i i don't really know PG, PG. um but i mean they yeah, the one, yeah. they weren't that shy uh about showing on screen
1: death and oh my gosh sort of, no it's yeah. amazing mm-hmm. sh- shooting stuff and mm-hmm. things died and it was like yeah it was awesome yeah.
0: That that's you know that's always a big question mark with TV shows aimed at kids. You know how how much uh, content are they going to be willing to uh, you know portray that does sort of align with the stakes that the show is trying to present dramatically. Um, Star Wars has always been about war and battles, and that comes with the natural consequence of casualties.
1: Right. And uh, I mean, it did ever since the original movie it did an amazing job of telling a fun, adventurous, lighthearted, romantic uh, s- story while, you know, while maintaining a sense of those stakes uh, to a degree. I mean, uh, you know, it's not it's no Saving Private Ryan or anything, but I mean. You know, Luke watches all his friends die in the Death Star attack, and that's real. Like, yeah, anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I, you know, you can keep that, that fairly what uncle died.
1: What's that? Yeah. Well, that's, and yeah, as a kid, I mean, as a four or five year old watching that, for me, amazing. Like, because I mean, there's nothing in a there's nothing inappropriate about it for, for whatever reason. And that's just my opinion, but I, it all depends on context uh, of, in, in the story when it comes to violence. Um, and, 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 you know, maybe it's also just me being a traditionalist, like, well, well, boys like that stuff and little boys love guns and, you know, killing. Uh, oh, right.
0: All right. Well, we love animation here yeah. on the Thodcast. Thank you for listening. If you managed to get through this, uh, we're just kind of doing this as a time to uh, riff on, Uh, various subjects within pop culture and entertainment. When naming the show, I um, came up with the analogy of animation being to live action, sort of like fluid is to solid. Animation is sort of the opportunity to have just a fully fluid, immersive world kind of generated from the ground up. Um, You can manipulate at will versus, of course, live action being subject to um, you know far more constraints um, and of course now in our current days of visual media, we are able to you know portray so much uh in film and TV with simply the advent of animation that looks realistic um if we didn't have animation we wouldn't be able to achieve the sort of visual spectacle that we now see right. in today's cinema um but on this show we're focusing pretty much exclusively on um, entertainment that is told purely through animation and um, mostly focusing on the stories and how they impact us. Um, So thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week with a discussion on The Dragon Prince, a new show from Netflix, and the head writer from Avatar The Last Airbender, a show that Dust and I particularly enjoy. Um, So, yeah, thank you, Dawson, for coming on to talk about Star Wars Resistance. Thanks for having me. And, um, yeah, uh, we'll see you next time on the Thodcast.